Yes, and the cameras are on. Glory be to God. Dominion Sonship is alive and living, and it is of God, a stream of revelation that is opening sight to the dominion that we have in Christ, the dominion that we have in Christ. And um, the dominion that we have in Christ is of him. It's actually he himself in me. He himself in me is life. He himself in me is eternal life. And this eternal life has dominion over death on earth. And so dominion is really his life in me. Dominion is really this eternal living reality, the very breath of God, the one who has overcome hell, the grave. He overcame Satan. He stripped Satan. He, he dismantled every wicked operation. He, he laid bare, uh, all the arsenals and weaponry of Satan. He, he disengaged every effective, uh, weapon that Satan had against us. And all that Satan works with is deception. There's absolutely, absolutely nothing, nothing in his arsenal nothing outside of deception that he has any ability to do any damage to your life at all unless you believe a lie unless you park in your old mindset which is defeat the old mindset of death the old mindset of the carnal nature which which is an enemy to God unless you make a decision to not renew your mind Satan has absolutely absolutely nothing 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 on you why because he had nothing on Jesus why because who now lives in me this reality of the living in Christ eternal life for he is what the life of man and the light of man John 1 says when he came into the world he demonstrated the very light and life of man dominion Light is dominion. Life is dominion. I'm not talking about oh should you live 120 years on earth dominion no. Eternal life dominion, eternal life dominion. There is a heaven that we're living right now, right now, right now. Right now. And so we have been camping on this reality. The reality of being living stones, that we are alive, that there is an excellence of power within us that is not of man, but it is of God. And so we, from there we move to of heaven, not of earth. And last week was, I think, it just topped the charts for me, really, of God and not of man. I am of God and I'm not of man. How comes I'm of God and I'm not of man? How comes? Can I have a confidence to say I'm of God and not of man? Because I am born again. Because I am born again. Because I am born of God. How real is that to you? And when that becomes so real,
will, it starts a shaping a brand new thought process. Well, if I'm of God, I have an ability now to attain to his thoughts. I have an ability now to live his life. If I'm of God, I have an ability to walk earth in dominion because I'm born of his life. I'm born of his life. I'm born of his life. I have his very nature. I'm a part. What was, you know, I go to Peter's writing that he says that we are partakers of a divine nature. Partakers of God nature. Eternal life nature. Wisdom and understanding nature. Peace that surpasses all understanding nature. The love of God that never fails nature. I'm a partaker of divinity here on earth through my new birth. I've been born again to a living hope. Peter says, a living hope, a hope that is of God. What is this living hope that I have already? I have, I have, I have, I have already overcome. Everything that's out against me, whether it was yesterday, today, or tomorrow, I have already overcome it. And the way I live and I move through this moment that I'm overcoming is really determined by a mindset. And so this is my title today. I'm stirred up. <laughs> set your mind. Set your mind. Oh, I can't set my mind. I don't even know what I think. Yes, you can set your mind. Yes, you can make a decision to be aware of thoughts. Yes, you can reign on ruling thoughts. Yes, you can. The word says that we've been given now weaponry, God's weaponry. Because Satan's arsenal has been stripped to avail zero against you. You have a, and so what did we say at the beginning that there is only deception that he works with. And so deception hits your head, hits your mind. And so this weapon that is of God, that is mighty in God to the pulling down of the strongholds. Is really the way I look at it. It's the Holy Spirit, the mind of Christ that he is revealing to me. That's what Paul told the Corinthians that we have now, the mind of Christ, because the Holy Spirit is bringing a disclosure to the wisdom of God. And so when we, when we become mindful of him, that I am from heaven, I'm born again, I am a citizen of heaven. And anyone who has traveled internationally had had to cross a border, they'll ask you, what is your citizenship? Before you go and you cross into a new territory, a new, can I say, mindset, a new cultural experience and expression, every time you're about to cross the border into a foreign land, you are to declare your citizenship. How about you make a declaration today with the enemy jerking you to come his way? I am a citizen of heaven. I bear a heavenly identity. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I am a child of God. And though I walk 
here on earth in this world. I'm not of it. I'm a sojourner, Peter says. I'm just passing through and making a mark for the kingdom of God. Everywhere I step, I'm to demonstrate the living reality of that which is real in me. And you will, whether you believe a lie or you believe the truth of the word of God. And there is nothing that is truth outside of this word. There is nothing that is truth that is outside of this world. Word world. This is a word of his own. This is heavenly realm. And so when we make a decision that we will gain an understanding and we open our hearts that that which was back there has no longer a call to me. But I'll be found in this forward call of the Lord Jesus Christ. So set your mind. Let's go to Colossians 3. 3. Colossians 3. 3. Actually, no, we're going to do 3. 1 because it gives you a context of why we do have an ability of setting our, our mind on things above. If then you were raised with Christ. If then. Well, this is on the heels of 2.20 that it says, actually 2.19, we're to hold fast to the head from whom all the body, the, the head being the Lord Jesus Christ and we're his body, right? We're to hold fast to the head. How do you do that? How do you hold fast to the head? You think the thoughts of the head. You hold fast to the head from whom all the body is nourished and knit together. This is the working of the spirit. All right, I, I got to go to this verse in, in Corinthians. So um, put a ribbon in Colossians and, and let's go to Paul's writing to the Corinthians here. Just give me a minute in chapter... 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So we, we just read Colossians 2.19. Um, so right about it, it talks about um, that uh, not legalism, but Christ, that the substance or the reality is only found in Christ. That is verse 17. And then verse 18 is, let no one cheat you of your reward taking delight in false humility and the worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So uh, just to, to tell you this is to do with the mind. It is to do with the mind. So so there are those that would, that would want to cheat you through arrogant ways that are vainly puffed up through fleshly mindsets. I'm completely fair, paraphrasing, but put your eyes, that is in verse 18. In verse 19, then he says, the these that want to cheat you are not holding fast to the head. And so, of course, if we don't want to be cheated of this divine reality, we are to hold fast to the head. So there is a distinction between a fleshy mindset 
that is puffed up and vain. It's like it's like a rice crispy. Makes a lot of crackle and pop and but there's nothing to it. It's called vain imaginations. It's called godless chatter. Vain repetitions. So pop crackle and what well, snap. Yeah, snap. Snap. It cannot hold you. It snaps under your feet. Vain, fleshly mindset versus one that's holding fast to the head, which is the mind of Christ. And so that's why I said if we go now to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, context is very important in the Word of God. Context is very important. These are letters. They flow from a heart of revelation. They flow from the very thoughts of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 2, verse 6, 1 Corinthians. However, we speak wisdom among, among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, not worldly puffed up vanity, can I say, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. And last week we looked at how God would use the nothing of the world to bring to naught everything that thinks it's too smart and too puffed up. That was last week's message uh, of God and not of man. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. And um, I just want to jump to 10 for time's purposes. But God has revealed, God has revealed this wisdom. God has revealed his thoughts. God has revealed uh, his mind to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So how can we lay hold, hold fast to the head that brings nourishment and joinery to, and to the ligament, to the whole body that, that brings forth a growth and increase that is of God. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot. It's of the Spirit. And so then he tells us what the Spirit does, what the Spirit does. In, um, verse 13. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can we know them because they are spiritually discerned. Verse 15. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And so through this disclosure of divine unveiling, of revelation, the Holy Spirit gives to us, teaching us spiritual truth. We are in submission to the truth, holding fast to the head. Back to Colossians 2.19. Uh, so holding, I'm going to read from on the positive perspective regarding us. 
um, because when you hold fast to head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with increase that is from God. And so the only growth that brings forth this increase that is of God is when we hold fast to the mind of Christ. The head. What is in the head? The heart. The very mind of God. That is disclosed to us through the Holy Spirit. So then verse 20, therefore, if you died with Christ from the base, therefore, all right, so here we go. Where do the basic principles of the world everyone likes to know? Where is the value of it to a Christian? There's no value. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to regulations? Oh. Oh, buddy. We're turning tables upside down now, buddy. We have died to the basic principles. And this is do not touch, don't taste, don't handle. Verse 21. Don't do this. Don't touch. Over sanitize. Because he just touched. Take the blood. Therefore, if you died, this, this is what holding on to the head looks like. Not going to your local church, showing up for 1030 worship service and a message. I mean, thank God we can do that. Of course, it's a glorious thing to come together. But what defines my life to bring forth growth and maturity is me holding on to the thoughts of Christ, setting my mind on Him alone. That's where we're going to go to, Colossians 3.3. 3. Therefore, if you died, you have died to the basic principles, the rudiments of the world. Why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to regulations, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with using. According to the commandments and doctrines of men. Yeah, no, we are dead to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. Isn't that amazing? The most dangerous thing in the body of Christ is this right here. It has an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, of no value against indulgences of the flesh. And so we have carnal Christianity. Well, we are Christians, but we're real carnal. Because these external regulations do absolutely nothing to reign in your flesh. They do absolutely nothing. These, these little goal sets that we set in our heads according to the basic principles of the world do absolutely nothing to reign in a rebellious flesh. Look at Jonah. 
had a reputation for being a prophet that heard crisply the voice of God. And God speaks something in opposition to what he perceives is right. So Jonah then moves in self-righteousness. He is more right than God. God, I don't want to go there and bring forth a message of repentance. They're heathens. They got to go to hell. If they repent, you forgive them. You took good God. I want a bad God. I'm God. I don't want a good God. I want a God that punishes God. Because I do all the regulations. I do all the regulations. I want everyone to do the regulations with me. That's a mindset that does absolutely nothing to, uh, uh, what the, how does the word say? Has no value against the indulgences of the flesh. I'll tell you what has value against the indulgences of the flesh. Right here the word says it. 3.1 is this death. Is this baptism into death. You got to reckon this outer man dead. And that looks like a silencing of a, of a foul voice of do this, don't do this. I want to do this. Why can't I do this? I'm going to do it anyway. Now look what he says in, in chapter 3. I love Paul. The depth of revelation, the depth of understanding. And yet Paul says in Philippians, I, I haven't attained yet. To be identified with his crucifixion so that I can live in his resurrection. This life eternal called dominion. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things. Again, lay hold of his head, right? Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. The imagination was given to us by God to be able to perceive these truths. Seek those things which are above. They are above. And so with my mind, I go above. I tell my mind where I go. I am to seek that which is above and not below. And so that which is above, it's he himself sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died. For you died. For you died. And your life is where now? Wide open in the world? No. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. He puts you right back in the body of Christ that Colossians 2 talks about. You are part of the body. You're hid in the body. You are in God. You are of God. Walking earth jointly fit together through these ligaments that are being nourished as you what lay hold of the head. You lay hold, hold fast to the head from whom all the body 
Not my own little carnal head. Oh, I have a mindset. It's a good mindset. I don't want to kill anyone. No. We need a brand new mindset. There is only life. Only life. No, no thought of death. No thought of perishing. No thought of loss. Think about it. No thought of loss. No thought of lack. No thought I gotta do this. But a perfect liberty, the way to stand in, a perfect, a perfect understanding of I am loved. I am of God. I am of God. My life is where it is hid. It is hid. My life is hid. The devil and all the little foul things cannot see me. They only see Jesus and they have nothing on Jesus. This mindset is from above. This is how we overcome because we're born of God and my life is hidden with Christ in God. Let's go to a good example with Peter here. Peter is a very good example giver to us. Let's go to John 6 first. I believe it's John 6. Let's see. There's also in Matthew. The last couple of weeks we've been in John 6, so let's start with John 6. And um, last two Sundays I really spent a lot of time in John 6, and I'd recommend to be, to just sort to be on the same page as we are um, to, to go through those two messages um, I talked about. Christ, the word being the living bread and partaking it in his, his, um, body food and his blood drink indeed. And so that, that brought a lot of confusion to many carnal heads and stirred up a lot of demons. Every time you talk about the word being broken, that means being made open to you. Uh, when sight is being given, when the word is open and broken before you, you're beginning to see a brand new reality. The same thing with the blood. When the blood starts working in you and drink for you, indeed, at that moment, all oppression flees. And so Satan, Satan hates this moment of reality of the broken body and, and the, shed blood of Christ because, and that's what, if we've read, if we read every single little verse in that portion I read from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we see that if Satan knew it all, he would have never crucified the son of glory because now his broken body and his blood is the ultimate defeat and his resurrection and ascension. Satan has been fully stripped. So at the point of this saying regarding the blood and, um, the body of Jesus, many got offended and really walked away from Jesus because they said in verse 60 that this is a hard saying who can understand it. No, carnal man cannot understand. And that's what Paul told the Corinthians, that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. So then verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back they went back. How sad. Because they came to a point of not understanding truth. So instead of sitting at his feet and asking for understanding, 
They made another choice. They just went back and walked with him no more. And Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so there really are two moments here. Well, really a lot more than two, but I I felt that the words of Jesus are eternal life. And that's what Jesus says, that his word in verse 63, it is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, Jesus said, are spirit and their life. And Peter discerns it, that his words are eternal life. So that moment there was an unveiling of reality. And then, and then because it was unveiled, he made the choice to believe what Jesus said. That's why in 69, Peter says, also we've come to believe. And because we believe, now we know. They want to know before they believe. Prove it to me so I can believe it. But the ways of God is when he speaks out a mystery that is hidden to those that are outside, but is made open to you because you're part of his body. You have a choice, as Peter did in this very moment. Jesus just said, the words I speak, they are spirit and they're life. And Peter received the truth, says, you carry the words of eternal life, and therefore I believe, and now I know. This is what faith looks like. Substance of a knowing that is of divine revelation, of things not seen. And what? And then he said on the basis of the word that Peter just heard, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You carry the word of eternal life. You are the Christ. You are the word made flesh. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Revelation. And Jesus answered them and said, did I not choose you the 12? And then actually, yeah. And then talks about one who betrayed them. But let's go from there to Matthew. Set your mind. Set your mind. Set your mind to understand. Set your mind on those things which are above. And when you behold an eternal reality, things start opening up. It opens up to understand mysteries. So we are in where? What's Matthew sixteen twenty three? This is... This is Matthew's account, so I just want to read from Matthew's account here and see the slippage that happened, a slippage that happened in Peter. Uh, Matthew 16, let's start mm, 13. When Jesus came into the region of, Ces- of uh, Caesarea Philippi, i just written here something in my Bible, and I'm going to read it. Um, 
right above, right above this portion of uh, uh, scripture is um, the mysteries about regarding Jesus bringing correction to his disciples regarding the um, leaven of the Pharisees and um, his disciples not understanding what Jesus meant and it hit their little head. And so verse 7 says, they reasoned among themselves. The opposite of what Peter did when Jesus spoke and said, I, all right, this is perfect. It's a perfect setup. When, when Jesus spoke, um, the words that I, I speak to their spirit and their life, what did Peter said, um, you carried the words of eternal life. I believe this and I know that you are Christ, the Christ, the son of the living God. Well, here we see another little moment. The, Jesus is speaking for them to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But this time, instead of them just taking the word at face value, okay? You say, beware. All right, I'll beware. I don't fully understand what the leaven is. What's the, what's the emphasis? The emphasis was beware, take heed, not the leaven. Meaning be alert. There's deception. Something is off here. Oh, what's off, Jesus? Tell me what's off. When you tell me what's off, Jesus, I'll beware then. Oh, I, I, so that's how it hits our head. They reason among themselves saying it's because we have taken no bread. They're, they're, they're just, they're, they, they're totally not hearing nor believing what he said. In verse 8, Jesus, uh, but Jesus being aware of it said to them, Oh, you of little faith, why do you reason? Why, why do you, how can you understand life words, spirit words with your carnal head? Why do you reason? Why do you reason? To reason is being of little faith. The opposite of faith, which is faith, an expression of your heart, is this heady ascension of reason. And so the way you bypass and the way you reckon that dead is by setting your mind above. Is by me setting my mind, what Colossians says, to, to where he is, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. So it's not just me seeing a little picture of Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. It's me knowing who he is. I set my mind on what Peter had said. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Therefore, everything you say, I believe. And I'm not going to let it hit my head and me give a little carnal interpretation. It's because we forgot the bread. Because I failed to do something. Oh, we just, we just take it back to ourselves. Oh, you little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? And then, uh, uh, because you, among yourselves, because you have brought no bread, do you not yet understand? Remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves 
of 4,000, how many large baskets he took up. And so he's trying to bring a remembrance of a divine reality to reshift them out of a carnal reasoning to a heart of belief. And so verse 12, then they understood. Once there was a realignment and he brought to remembrance a divine moment, what happened? Their hearts opened up. In verse 12, then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of, of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees, Sadducees. And there I have put down this doctrine, this hard bread, this stale bread of the doctrine, this religious doctrine of Pharisees and Sadducees, it hardens the heart and the only answer to soften the heart is revelation. And this is what verse 13 moves into, okay? Then Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And so they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Anytime you get an understanding from the divine expression of reality and truth, the Word of God, there is a blessing. There is a blessing in it. That's why he says, blessed are you. Simon Burjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And so then the opposite is the reasoning of flesh and blood. There is no blessing in that. But my Father who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so from there we come into verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, What happened? From the examples we saw, it hit his head. He started reasoning, No, no, Jesus, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. It's exactly the same reason that made them think that Jesus spoke something to them because they forgot to take bread. It's the same carnal mindset. But we tend to focus on this one because suddenly we look really good because we'll never want to sound like Peter in this context. But what about the other context that we saw a demonstration of carnal mindset? Reasoning. No, we don't want to identify with that because that's like my name right there. I reason all day long. I thought it's good to reason. It's good to have a rational thought process. It's not of God. It's not, no, no. No, it, it, it brings forth little faith. And we don't want little faith, especially in this hour. 
Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, and actually that's what we do when we, when we do not perceive right, when we do not hear with the ears of faith, we're actually rebuking him. That's what Jonah really did with God. I have a better way. I'm going the other way. I'm not going your way, God. I'm going the other way. And that's what happened in John 6. Many from that moment departed him once he brought out the revelation of the blood and, and, and the broken body of Jesus. Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are on an offense to me. That ties down with the rebuke, right? You are an offense to me for you are not mindful. You're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. What is the title for today? Set your mind. Set your mind on those things that are above. Set your mind that you are of God and not of men. Set your mind that you are a living stone. Set your mind that you are after the heavenly men. The things of God and not the things of men. Mark writes that. I'll just flip quickly. In Mark 8, in Mark 8, the same story, verse 33. But when he had turned around, looked at his disciples, this is Jesus, he rebuked Peter saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And the cross-reference, that word mindful is setting your mind. And so today, where is your mindset? And not to set it and forget it. You to constantly and continue keep resetting your mind on things above and not things of this earth. I want to go to Mark 10. This is the wrap up now. Actually, no, uh, put your Mark. Uh, I want to do look eight first. I'm sorry. Matthew, Mark, Luke. But we'll come. There's one verse I want to read. A couple verses in, uh, in Mark, but first Luke 8. Set your mind. Set your mind. We're giving examples of how quickly we can unset our mind. The example was Peter. Suddenly from God being Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus, to Jesus being rebuked because Peter knew better now. I guess Peter was the Christ at that moment. I, what a deception that we can believe to turn around and correct God. And how do we correct God by not believing his word? Because in the account that we read in John of Peter, he said, I believe and I know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Um, 816, 816, it's it's more of a context, this, this part here, but verse 16. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand. And I thought, how often we've read this, but the Lord started showing me something a little deeper. We are the light of the world and we are to so shine his light. But we are not to cover with a vessel. What, what, what is that? That's the mindset of the flesh. That's a covering of a flesh vessel. 
when you have the mindset of man, a man vessel, you're covering and shutting out this light within you. I mean, we read these verses and we quote them and we run, 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 run. And we don't understand that we can be stuck in a carnal mindset and covering the light of the world that is in us. Or put it under a bed. What is a bed? That which you rest on. What doctrine you're resting on today? Who is your bed today? Who is your pillow today? Sit in a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed. Nor anything hidden that will not be known. And come to light. Therefore take heed how you hear. Because the way you hear sets a mindset. Take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away. Because if you hear with the ear of faith, you're blessed. And there is increase and growth because why? You're holding on to the head. But if you hear with carnal ears, you're sowing into your flesh. And out of your flesh, you do what? Reap corruption. That's where the loss and failure is at. The word is very easy to understand when you walk with the Holy Spirit. I've heard so many say, God is a little bit tough. I don't understand how he's, he can do this. You know, take heed how you hear for whoever has to him, more will be given. Whoever doesn't have, even what he seems to have will be taken to him. Well, yeah, it's determined to how you choose to hear. All right, okay, that's a side note. Uh, um, but look what comes after 19. This is, this is very much in the context of what we read. And it's about the family coming to look after, to look for Jesus. His mommy and his brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told him by some that they said, your mommy and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. What did he say? My mother and my brother are these who hear the word of God and do it. He, Jesus, is the light of the word and he had to walk such. What, what is this? He, he refused to put on a vessel over his head of his mummies and brother's sayings to him. You crazy boy, you crazy. Or to lay on the bed of comfort, mama here now. The life of a Christian is a narrow life. It is the very life of God. It is an eternal life. But it's really to do with the setting of your mind and to reckon it, to reckon everything in the world as dung, as nothing good. Because you are the salt. And so, right after that, he sends them with a word across the sea. He sends him with a word across the sea after he says, don't put a vessel over your head and don't lay on a bed. You are a light. And then they heard him say, well, can I say cast out the bondwoman in Galatians? Cast, cast out the old mindset of the world. Um, I'm going beyond. I know I'm oversaturating people, but it's, it's flowing. So just. He said, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And so then he says, the next moment of his speaking is, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. What happened? What happened? 
The very next statement, if you look at what's written in red, is where is your faith? What happened? They didn't set their mind on that which he said. Just because a storm arose and they chose the old mindset of fear. They chose the old mindset. I'm going down. Nothing is keeping me. And so today, the message is, and so then if we, then we can go to, to Mark. The message is, stay on the narrow path. Mark 10, stay on the narrow path. Keep your mind set. Keep your focus strong on him. Keep your gaze firm on him. It's not the hour to be distracted in 10.29. Because there is a reward. And Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold. Now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last in the last verse. Let us be, let us be of these that know that when we forsake all for him, he is acknowledging us before the Father. And though we might have been last, we'll be first. Because we're after the first one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 We're done.